to talk about the Maple Leafs with James Myrtle from The Athletic. First off, James, fantastic job. I was listening to the last podcast. You and uh, Jonas Siegel talking all things Maple Leafs. Highly recommend listening to the Leafs report. And James, I heard that the Leafs might still be busy, might still do something. If you need to suddenly go in the middle of one of my overly long questions or you're in the middle of an answer, you can just say, cause I got to go. No harm, no foul. I want to hear you, that name you said off the top. I want to hear it again because it was so beautiful the way you said it. No. No. (laughs) Vladislav. I got that part right. Namestikov. Namestikov. Yeah, you got got it close there. I mean, his dad played in the NHL. It's a name that's been around a long time. I remember watching his dad. uh, John played for the Canucks back in the day. So should be a name you know that rolls off your tongue. Of course. What do you think we did the first half hour? We were doing what we always do, <laughs> Nemestikov memories. It's the first half hour of the show. It's a ratings winner. Well, um, i got some more for you if you want. No. No, I really don't. <laughs> just, just give me some easy names. Let's talk Wendell Clark. That's a name we can all, that's a name we can all get behind. Um, considering your wonderful publication... <laughs> had the Boston Bruins projected as the seventh best team in the East. And NHL.com, most of their predictions going into the year, had Boston as either the first or second wild card. And then in the summer, everyone... I I thought we had... Was that like Dom's projection? I thought we had Boston quite high, and people thought it was... It was misleading. Um, I, I'd have to go back and look. I was looking at this morning old projections, and one of them had Boston as, by some of the analytics, as the seventh best team in the oh, East. Okay. Well, but, I know Dom, who's our main analytics guy, was really high on the Bruins, and it seemed kind of surprising given it seemed like they were getting older. And but yeah, I mean, like they've certainly they've certainly beaten most of the projections that people had. Thirteen teams were projected to have more points than the Bruins, including Nashville. And this sort of just goes to my first question, considering they fired the coach in the summer. In the summer, everyone's either injured or getting surgery, and no one knew, knew what was going to happen to Brusque or Krejci. And now they get 100 points quicker than anyone else. How shocking of a, of a season. And we all knew Boston be good. I don't, no one was expecting this. Yeah, I think that that's fair. I mean, Allmark's had a monster season. Um, I thought maybe the coaching change would hurt them a little bit just because Cassidy is, you know, such a respected coach and had done such a good job there. But clearly, I mean, bringing in a different message, it's 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 been a huge year for them. And it's the amazing thing is that they're just kind of like a machine. Like it, and you know, it's like the same guys that were tormenting the Leafs back in 2013 when they lost that series. They're still there doing it. You know, and if the Leafs somehow get to the second round, it's going to be it's going to be like Redux. There's going to be no Leafs that are left from that team, and there's going to be, you know, Marchand and, and Bergeron there ready to wreak havoc again. And I don't think anyone could have predicted that, number one, Allmark was going to be as good as he is. Hampus Lindholm has been amazing on their blue line. Um, it's just, I mean, uh, Don Sweeney should win GM of the year. I mean, it's just they've done a great job there of keeping it going. And, and you know, Krejci comes back from Czech Republic. No one's really expecting anything, and he has a great season. So it's it's pretty amazing that they're that they're the favorites as heavily as they are right now. Oh, wait. Uh, Let's uh, go to the uh, update. The Buffalo Sabres have obtained Austin Strand. Yes, the Austin Strand from the Anaheim Ducks for Chase Prisky. So Prisky well, the, is... The Leafs made a deal. Do you have, do you have the what? details on the Leafs? Well, just when I was going on the phone, what? the Leafs had traded, they had traded Dryden Hunt. Yeah. 
You, you got that one somewhere? Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Well, uh, at least it's the leaves. It's better than whatever you're talking about. Uh, how dare you? Prisky, or the hell name I just said, is uh, is very... <laughs> Austin Strand is very... Wait a minute. Dryden Hunter, Calgary for Redeem Zoharna? What the hell is that? <laughs> See, I think this should just be the whole show. <laughs> you just try and say the names of the players that are traded today. I think it'd be greatly entertaining for people. Oh, God. For some and others are just yelling at their radio going, get this moron off the air. Of course, to be fair, they often say that even when I say names correctly. Um, bigger picture, and again, joined by James Myrtle from The Athletic. Um, when I look at the, when I, like when you look at Kyle Dubas, this is a ridiculous interview, but when you this look at... This is such a good segment. This is like, this is going down. This They're going to save this one, and they're going to show it in, in media classes and this is how you do it yeah oh yeah yeah make, make sure we podcast this interview there uh, producer nick but when, when i look at kyle dubas everyone's gonna wonder whatever happens today beyond this hot dried and hunt news um <laughs> is, the question will be that could be the headline <laughs> have has kyle dubas done enough and i like, think i kind of feel like he has done enough but the problem is you look at the beasts that are in the east and especially the bruins and it's almost like can anyone really do enough well, it's kind of hilarious that they add six players and people are disappointed that they didn't do more. I mean, <laughs> it, like going into the deadline, the piece I wrote a few weeks before the deadline I said, if if they can pull off getting Ryan O'Reilly and Jake McCabe, here's what the lineup will look like. Here's how it'll fit into the cap. And that'll be a really good deadline for them. I think I called it a home run. And then they did that and they added four more other players. I mean, the depth guys, but still like, I think he, the expectations have to be reasonable, right? Like the Leafs had one of the have had one of the better seasons of anyone in the league. Yes, they're in tough against Tampa and Boston. That was going to be the case no matter what. And I just don't think it's realistic for them to integrate more than six players in the lineup. Like that's it's going to be really difficult to do as it is with the number of guys that they've added. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like I think, you know, no matter what happens, I think it's going to be hard. I will do my best on a slow day. But if the Leafs lose in the first round of the playoffs, I think it's going to be hard to be angry at Kyle Dubas. No general manager hits hits home run after home run. No one bats a thousand. But you know, I, I don't know which, what more Shanahan and Dubis could do for this current group to put them in a better position to win. Unless the only thing they could do more is teleport themselves to the Pacific Division. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I get with the things that if if you wanted them to have a better roster than they have now, they would have had to do it in the off season, right? Like you can mm-hmm. quibble with. You know the goaltending decisions that they made, paying Matt Murray 4.7 million to play 19 games, yep. doesn't look very good right now. You know they need him to come back and be good and and to battle Samson off for a potential to be the starter in the playoffs, and he's running out of time to do that. So, you know I think that's the kind of stuff that we're going to be relitigating and talking about. You know, not. I think they had a good trade deadline. I think they had a good, you know, the last couple of weeks. Ryan O'Reilly has played well. Jake McCabe looks like a really good fit on a, on a, a shutdown pairing. Um, they added some more depth, both at forward and defense. I, I don't think, I don't know. I don't look at the landscape with some of the other deals that were made around the league and say that's what they should have done. I think they they made some smart decisions, and and some of the moves they made too are going to help them in the years to come. I mean, McCabe's going to be signed for two million dollars for the next two years after this, and that's that's big. Yeah, you know, and that's going to help their cap picture and help them do some other things in the in you know next in the summer and in the summer after that. Is the biggest concern, and this feels like this is cap, the Captain Obvious question, so I apologize, but does it come down to the, the biggest concern for the Leafs is goaltending? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's the thing when you, 
when you talk to people in other markets and on other teams, that's really what they point to is that, you know, that was the biggest question mark I remember coming into training camp this season was the goaltending. They both the guys, I would say, have probably outperformed what people expected. But Murray's been hurt and Samsonov just doesn't have much of a track record and is really young. And, you know, I saw some people getting down on Samsonov for the, the Edmonton game. I mean, you go back and you watch some of those goals and it's like, I'm not really sure how many of those he was supposed to stop given what was going on in front of him with the defense. So, you know, the the trick for them is going to be insulating their goaltenders as well as they can. And, you know, that's that's one of the things that, that Boston does so well is they just play such great team defense that it, it's not all on Allmark to get the job done. But it's a tall task because the Leafs have to go through Vasilevsky in round one. Like, they're... There's going to be a very clear difference in in the caliber of goaltending in the two teams in the first round, just like there was last year. And I think last year it was a bigger factor, potentially then gets gets talked about. You know, I think the Leafs believe that that Jack Campbell was a part of them losing that series, and that was a part of why he didn't come back. And they've got their fingers crossed that goaltending is not going to be the difference again. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And in the end, we can talk about uh, upgrading on defense and wondering about uh, about Justin Hall and wondering about goaltending. But last year in games six and seven against Tampa, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, and Tavares scored three goals between the four of them in two yep. games and overtime in the, in that game six loss. So in the end, it's it. I, I hate doing broken record, but James, it just comes down to uh, in in an elimination game. What are your top four players going to do? Well, and that's been the case going back years, right? I mean, you know, you lose the Columbus series, you lose the Montreal series, and, like, they just didn't get enough from their big guys. And they're dedicating, you know, almost 50% of their cap space to those players. And, you know, Austin Matthews has had an underwhelming season, and Marner looks fantastic lately, but he's got some things to prove in the playoffs. You know, we've seen good performances from the Leafs' best players in the playoffs. We haven't seen them in deciding games. No, games we, one or know, two. And, and that, yeah, yeah. That's, that's you know, they, yeah, they've looked dominant in some early, but then the other teams have adjusted and adapted and found ways to shut them down. And if you're a $10, 11000000 million player, you can't be shut down. And you look at the amazing season that William Nylander's had, you know, he might get, you know, 40 goals. And, like, he's been he's been really good right from the start of the year. They need that William Nylander to win them some games. They need Austin Matthews to get it back to what he was last year. They need Mitch Marner to continue doing what he's done the last two regular seasons in the key games, Tavares, O'Reilly, Morgan Riley, you know, they need all of these guys to step up and they just had, they haven't had enough of that when they, in the key moments. And it's tough against a team like Tampa because they're going to game plan for their weaknesses and they're going to be ready for those players. But it doesn't matter when you're a superstar in the league, you got to be able to play through that. Oh yeah. I, and I had some time to kill. So I went back in the last four playoff rounds where game six and seven against Boston game five against Columbus games, five, six and seven against Montreal. And then last year game six and seven against Tampa. So that's eight games in total. Marner has one assist. Matthews has two goals and three assists. The best player is Nylander with only one goal but five assists. You know, you go and look at it. And the Marner one That's sticks brutal. out for me. Yeah, that That's those Marner are the, has one point in eight games. Eight Marner has one assist in those eight games. Yeah, yeah, and it's like he's just not going to get it done. So you know, and he's such a good player. Like, he's, oh yeah, I, I think the last fifty odd games he's got like fifty something assists. Like he's been, he's looked like one of the most dangerous offensive players in the league for months now. And they just they really need him to find that level in the playoffs and it's harder because it's tighter checking and they don't they don't call as much and it becomes more of a grind and but 
you know, this is this is where like for some of these players, this is like going to be part of their legacy as Leafs, and it's going to be part of determining whether they stay Leafs. You know, because the GM might go if they lose in the first round, and if there's a new GM, part of the mandate is going to be changing the core. Yeah. So this is it really feels like a like a last stand kind of series here against Tampa. Even though the Lightning are so good, even though the Leafs have had such a good season. It feels like if they don't win, there's for sure going to be changes to, at the top of the lineup. Good lord! Oh, I just—I <laughs> mean, I think I think you're like me, and again, uh, maybe not as much because I mean, you know, for this show, Toronto sports radio, and for you, it's athletic, but you cover the Leafs. I think we—I think a lot of us we want the Leafs to win, maybe because we grew up rooting for them. But I think we just want oh, different I stories. <laughs> no, no, I know, I know you, but then I was going to say, but just for you as as a journalist and a writer. We just want something different to write about than the same storylines. Well, yeah, it's it's. I've covered the, this is my 14th season covering the Leafs, and you know the first whatever it was eight years they were brutal. Oof. It was it was that that was getting repetitive, and then now what's gotten repetitive is, you know, I remember after they lost to Montreal, it's like comparing that collapse to the other collapses I've covered, and like which collapse is worse, and it's like this is like a weird you know, dystopian kind of job as a sports writer that you never envision living, where you never see the team. You know, the the only second round game I've been to in my career was when I was an intern at the Hockey News in 2004. And I was like, I was like 22 years old or whatever. And, you know, it was my first, it was my first playoff game in the press box. Like that's like, it's, it's been, you know, almost half a lifetime, even for people like me that have been in the industry for as long as I have. Like it's, it's, it's too bad, you know. You feel bad for the fans, but it, uh, it's uh, it's on it's on the the least best players to get it done. Because yep. I think that Kyle Dubas has put the pieces in place where this is a really good team. At worst, they're fifty fifty to beat Tampa, and they just need to make sure that they're on the right side of the fifty fifty this time. That'd be nice. Everyone out there, go subscribe to the Athletic. Check out the Leafs Report podcast with James Myrtle and Jonas Siegel. James, is always a pleasure. Thanks for joining the show. And the fact that you survived all this jackassery means uh, no major Leafs move has well, happened in the last um, nine hundred seconds. I'm yeah, I'm used to it by now. So yeah. uh, which part? Yeah, nice to talk. Nice to chat again, Matt. <laughs> all the best. Thanks, James. Yeah. That is James Myrtle from The Athletic.